Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Half my heart is in Havana, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Carlo is the king of Europe again and Forrester Premier League. It's Monday, 30th of May. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Luke Moore. the other half of course is with you good people right in the studio as we bring you the football ramble yeah I left a little trap for Marcus there in the uh, intro script which mm-hmm. he avoided it was about Jake Humphrey I'm not going to lie <laughs> uh, and Marcus uh, managed to avoid it so listen rode the challenge fair oh. enough 1-0 yeah. fair enough 1-0 <laughs> um, rode you... the challenge yeah <laughs> which is of course how it ended in Paris yes, yes it ended 1-0 now well nil one technically nil one because yeah. uh, Real Madrid were the uh, away so the, the underdog and they were, uh, the <laughs> away yes. so um, we're going to talk about the match first we will get on to the scenes outside the stadium later yeah. uh, and all that stuff because of course I mean it's still a the investigations go on of course uh, but we do know what happened uh, during the 90 minutes um, so we'll, we'll begin with that uh, Real Madrid crowned champions of Europe for the 14th time in their history their fifth Champions League trophy in the past eight years I mean it's a, a remarkable record we know they love that trophy and for people who say oh but they won all of them back in the 50s and 60s but actually since 1998 they have won eight yeah. And that is still more than the Goodness. next best team, which is AC Milan with seven. It's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. It's phenomenal, isn't it? Especially when you consider how obsessed they were with La Decima. Yes. And they would they got in their own heads about it and it looked like it was they they would perhaps slipped from Well it took from twelve the, years the to get it top where they you know believe they mm. rightfully belong, but now they're just absolutely back in the groove. And who was the man who gave them La Gareth Decima? Bale. The manager. <laughs> it was Carlo, wasn't it? It yeah. was King Carlo. Well, there, there he is again. I mean, yeah. If you need any evidence, further evidence to to kind of convince you that the Champions League or the European Cup, whatever you want to call uh-huh. it, is ingrained in the identity of Real Madrid. Mm. You say they've won five Champions League trophies in the last eight years, which of course they have. I think they've made seven managerial appointments in that time. Yeah. And yeah. they've still done okay. Oh, it's well, phenomenal, isn't it? Angelotti, yeah. he'll be sacked by the end of this recording. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's, what, he's won the league and the Champions League. Yeah, Betis got the Copa del Rey and that is that cannot stand. Yeah. The Copa, they don't care about the Copa del Rey until it means, oh, we can. It's like, you know, some people, they buy a new pair of trainers every couple of months. Whatever. They just like new trainers. Yeah. That's Real Madrid Vish, managers. Andy Brassel. Yeah. Both of those guys do that. Exactly. And they're, they're very similar men to Florentino Perez. I've often uh, made the, um, yeah. the, the comparison. Um, but a record fourth Champions League crown uh, for Carlo Ancelotti. Of course, I absolutely loved it uh, in the uh, the post-match uh, uh, interview on the pitch where he said, I'm the record man. Yeah. <laughs> which, and I, I come from done... down your way. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he'd done a little Emil Heskey celebration, you know, with the old play. No, the I decks. wish he'd gone, yeah. I come from down your way and I can play. And Des Kelly went, what can you play? Yeah. And he said, I play the Champions League. And this went, umpa, 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 pa. 
Just one of the many things BT neglected to mention over the weekend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, of course, this match was the warm-up for Solly Holmores versus Chesterfield. Of course. More on that in a minute. For those who weren't watching BT Sports, what on earth we're going on about? But just trust us, that's hilarious. Carlo Ancelotti, yes. I mean, he did say he's the record man, which I did quite like because it cuts a different figure, of course, to Jose Mourinho, who won his fifth European trophy, as we know, and said it was about others and then holds up the old five digits. Whereas Ancelotti didn't hold up four digits. He could have held up a few more because he has won the UEFA Super Cup three times and the Intertoto Cup. I do worry about his health with all the cigars he must be smoking. Oh, it's just for the look. He doesn't like it. Right, okay. He does like it. You also got to think about making... So, so one of the big debates around Ancelotti is that, you know, he is very good at what he does, to say the least. Mm. But a lot of the more beardy types of people who cover football will mm-hmm. talk about whether he's changed the game or not, right? Whether he's actually left a lasting imprint on the mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. And actually, his his real imprint on the game, not like a Guardiola or a um, you know, someone else, Rodrigo Saki or whatever. Well, you could even say Bielsa. Or Bielsa, yeah. He, he, his, 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 his identity is basically winning, right? So he, yeah. Well, his identity, trophies. Exactly, mate. it is. Trophies. It is. Mm. It is trophies. But, and, and, but he does it in a different way to say Mourinho. But it's not just in Europe. It's He's won league title. Club he's, World Cup. He's, yeah, correct. There you are. Let me. Global. Let me. <laughs> he's, he's, he's won league titles in all five top Yeah, and European no one's divisions. done that. And no either. one else has done that. So yeah. you've got to start talking about him now because mm. I don't think people do talk about him enough for that reason about mm. the identity he has or hasn't, mm. that he is possibly the greatest club manager ever. Another thing the Beards <laughs> say as well, another thing that the Beards say is that uh, essentially <laughs> that those managers, well, any manager really, they sort of have a life cycle, right? That you probably yeah, don't yeah, get yeah. more than about 10, ten years, years out of them yeah, at yeah, the top. Yeah. And Ancelotti is clearly evolving his game. I mean, this is something Alex Ferguson was praised for, wasn't it? Constantly being able mm. to read the field and the, the way that the game was changing, adapting to it and remaining successful in it. Ancelotti's done that over different leagues yeah. and different cultures and remained sort of successful in yeah. Europe's biggest competition totally. as well. So it's he has to be in that conversation. It, I think he's so... You almost... He's so present, you go blind to him almost. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely spot on, Jim. And and just to back that up, you know, his first Champions League win was in the the final in 2003 at Old Trafford with AC Milan. Mm-hmm. I mean, 2022. Yeah. And, and understandably, people talk about managers actually having that, uh, as you you mentioned, the sort of cycle at the top, which maybe a lot of players do as well. Um, I mean, it's it's 19 years apart. It's and here he is again, because you know he was managing Everton, of course, not that long ago, and then he's given the uh, the old uh, he's picked up the the phone from Real Madrid who have given him the SOS and and he's gone there to try and sort of smooth things over and basically yeah. salvage something from the season they've won the league at Cantona I know Barcelona aren't pulling up trees but still a league title is a league title mm. and uh, and won this Champions League in incredible fashion because because every game they went into oh well, they, they can't do this one oh, but they can't do this one and and even going into this final I thought I, you've had an amazing time I mean I still can't believe Manchester City didn't win that semi-final but focusing on the final you thought to yourself okay surely yeah. surely now that they will be beaten by um, the the the, the favourites and, and and arguably I mean Michael Owen would certainly say they were still the better side and I do actually understand that point um, to well, you said they were still the team to beat after Real Madrid had beaten just them. beaten them, yeah. Okay, yeah. his wording was it's, poor. It's mental. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he can find the absolute bullseye yeah. of, of a nonsense point <laughs> yeah. In, yeah. in any given moment. Yeah. It's actually a talent. Oh, what a player on his day, yeah. though. Yeah. As, as producer Filmer said to me earlier, we've just had the game that yeah. decides who is the team to be. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the team and to he's be. unfolded in front of his eyes, <laughs> yeah. and he's gone for the other team. Yep. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're the team not to lose. Yeah. Uh, but uh, look, the, it it was. I mean, Thibaut Courtois takes a lot of the uh, the the, the plaudits, yes. of course, making nine saves, um, which is the most saves of any goalkeeper in a Champions League final. Well, and, and it's not just the final this season where he's been so impressive. He made coming into this game, he'd made fifty saves. Mm. In he the made Champions a brilliant League. save in the semi final against Man yeah. City as well. Allison had made fourteen to show yeah. you the difference. There. It says a lot about how the well, kind of various campaigns have gone. But that's the thing with Real Madrid, isn't it? And Ancelotti as well that they they are never. Never uncomfortable in games. No. It actually doesn't like even when you know they really look like they're going out. Mm. They can they can keep their heads and keep their calm and and keep playing. And so mm. even though they were under the cosh for a lot of the game, they, they, they weren't rattled finals. by it. They weren't rattled by it at all. No, they don't lose finals. And I think I'm really pleased for Courtois because you, one of the things about a Champions League final is you get these moments. Like, Dan had it with the, with his volley and obviously Bale mm. with his overhead kick. Mm. A few others as well. It's very rare that a goalkeeper has that moment. That's and right, in yeah. in elite football. There are, there's sometimes more than a prize available in a final. You know, you mm-hmm. get the you get the chance to make that final a moment. You put it in history. It's mm-hmm. almost the Courtois final, and it doesn't happen in many finals. Yeah. But this is, you'd argue that this is one of those moments where this will always be synonymous with him and his performance. Yeah, and that is. In a way, that's worth more than some silverware, you know. Because I know what you, you mean. You write yourself into the history of a club and, and, and into the game. Yeah, definitely. And I th- I th- and well, he certainly made his feelings known in the post match, didn't he? When he said, "Today, I, I needed to win a final for my career to put my put respect on my name," because I don't think I've had enough respect, especially in England. Well, mm. I mean, that's a really interesting point. I think I, I I agree with what Jim said there. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. I think that um, you know, a lot of the conversation around the best goalkeepers in the world in this country is centered around Allison and. Edison, mm-hmm. and you understand why because we, you know, all black a, gets a mention. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in in, in oh, sorry, in this country, yeah, yeah. In, this, in this country, I was talking about, and, and I was going to say, you understand why because you know people watch the Premier League more than any other league, so I get that. So for Courtois to be able to put in that kind of performance, and it was it was a remarkable performance from him. I mean, I thought that um, overall, I thought Liverpool were pretty disappointing. I thought that you know, Real Madrid clearly set up in a way to make mm-hmm. it tough for Liverpool and it basically worked. You know? It did. And, and you have players like Diaz who's really been amazing yeah. since he's come to Liverpool kept pretty quiet by, by Carver Helm mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and, and then they, they switch it around and different players have a go on that flank and they can't really mm-hmm. get any joy. Liverpool, I thought, were quite poor in a couple of areas. One was out wide, which traditionally they've always been really, very good. Yeah. Secondly, their delivery was really poor. It was. Their delivery was consistently very, Alexander very poor. Alexander-Arnold didn't have yeah. a good night, did he? Well, he was obviously caught out by Vinicius, who's an mm. absolutely magnificent player. Oh, yeah, what a moment for him as well, by yeah. the way. He, the thing about, and that's the thing, when you, when you, when you identify and, and single out a player like Courtois for those two incredible saves he made, there's a couple of knock-on effects, I think. One is that you forget about the other stuff he did, which was he dominated this area so well. And I, I wonder whether he made a lot of Liverpool's delivery look bad because he was mm. so assertive. Incredibly proactive performance it from was. a keeper, wasn't it? You don't always see that. And secondly, you detract from Vinicius, who basically was... You know, just terrifying on that mm, on that flank yeah. all night, really, and um, obviously crowned it with his goal, which was which was a brilliant piece of anticipation and, and a, a really a really kind of sharp finish. I actually thought it might have been offside. I was surprised. Well, it wasn't yeah, I know what at. you mean. Yeah, we didn't get a chance to see the pictures of them checking it. Uh, yeah, which well, to I... me gets the old um, <clears throat> gets the old Matt Tissio, Tim Fall hat going. <laughs> Because you think to yourself, why are they not showing it? Probably because of the one in the first half. They thought, oh, there was so much bollocks surrounding that. Well, that was a crazy one as well. I, I, once <laughs> Let's I, just let this one go. But I, the thing that's annoying about that first one, which if people are listening don't remember, it's the one where it's deflected off of um, Canate's knee, which looked Fabinho, like Fabinho's Fabinho. knee, sorry, which, which looks like it, it wasn't, which made it look like it couldn't have been offside, but actually the laws dictate that if it's a deflection or an unintentional thing, yeah. there's not a quote reset, so it is offside. Yeah. But the problem with that is, 
two things. One is the laws are so complicated now. Mm. And two, with the greatest respect to the broadcasters, they don't understand them, right? Mm. And then three, the guy they've got who's the ex-professional referee to explain them explains them and then the broadcasters don't fucking accept it. Yeah. yeah which, just, which doesn't make it doesn't help anyone. Yeah, which does is it? why I thought like Walter said it's actually quite easy. Yeah, he did. And he yeah. and he explained it and I thought, oh I understand that. I'm not sure I agree that that should be the rule, but, but it I is understand the rule, it. Yeah, I yeah. just like where Stephen Gerrard Rio was still confused and he went, Don't worry, Rio, Peter's you know Peter's cleaned, cleaned, cleaned it up, right? Bomb, let's talk about yeah. this. Um but it wasn't given. Uh, and uh, So Alexander Arnold was at fault for the goal, that's what the point I was going to say. He was and he didn't have a great game. And the way Real Madrid set up against Liverpool was was very canny, you know. It's it, it, let them have the ball out wide. I mean, not that to disrespect the Real Madrid fullbacks, who, as you mentioned, Carvajal, you know, did, he had a good game. Carvajal, he, he had a very good game again. As well. Just so much experience. Yeah, proper but the whole, canny. He's one of those players who's not going to lose his head. No, exactly. Mendy had a good game. I mean, you forget I, I, David Alaba in the centre. You know, his name wasn't mentioned that much just because of the way he sort of marshaled it and so Casemiro on. Casemiro played well. Casemiro was great. Militao was, yeah. was was brilliant. But they were so good at the back defending deep in numbers because you know what Liverpool have got. And also Liverpool, in these last few months, they have slowed down. They've, yeah. you've, we've seen Salah's been on the bench quite a bit. I mean, you could say since... I mean, think about the amount of football mm. Liverpool have played. And they're two star players, Salah and Mane. Not only have they had these gruelling seasons, they also had the uh, the uh, African Cup of Nations, Cup of Nations yeah. where they both went to the final, where Salah just misses out and Mane obviously yeah. wins the trophy. They've had the playoff as well. They've had everything. Each other. Yeah, the whole business, uh, exactly. I mean, Mane, probably the greatest moment of his career when he wins it with Senegal. And yeah. he doesn't get uh, what European players do with the World Cup or the or mm. the or the Euros, if they do win it, obviously mm. this season's different, but other than that, you, you then get the rest of the summer to process that and to enjoy it, or to, to uh, try and process the disappointment that Salah, as soon as that's finished, there you are, you're with your countrymen, having a, a good old time, right, bump back to the grind of the Premier League. That, no wonder they've looked exhausted. People have been a little bit snooty about the way they've won both finals on penalties. They've won the finals. So that's the end of that. I understand they haven't scored in, in three finals, but they've still won just two odd, just a proper What do you make of that? Do you think that's a coincidence? Though? Ah, I just, well, I just think teams, when it comes to the crunch, they think, right, we've got to set up in a certain way against Liverpool to try and contain them and hope for the best. And I with think goalkeeping teams do that anyway, though, don't they? Perhaps, but, again, but, but goalkeeping performances and uh, chances missed have ensured, you know, on another day, Liverpool win this final. They do. You know, it tips onto the post. Salah, you know, it was a great effort you know, Courtois scores, but on another day, if he can wrap his foot around it a little bit more, I'm not blaming him, but it was a chance. Yeah. You know, the, these are the opportunities, but I think the disappointing but, thing is to not be able to think a bit more because Real Madrid basically said, you can have the ball out wide. Who are you going to cross it to? Mm. Who you going to mill it out all day long, just whacking mm. the balls away and so on. And that's why when I said, you know, message, I said, for crying out loud, get Firmino on because he gives you thump something else to think about. Mm. Jota coming on, yeah, I, I get that, but Firmino, I know he hasn't played that much and people think, oh, but he's yesterday's man. Well, no, he's still got quality. He's the type of guy, he's a bit more of a cultured target man. Mm. You play it off and it's a little bit something to think about because what they were doing wasn't working. Mm. As soon as Real Madrid went 1-0 up, you thought, I'd be surprised if Liverpool get a goal here. Oh, it never, it, I mean, and it's, it's so, it, the, the margins are so fine. And my point I was going to come back to you earlier was just mm. going to be that you're talking about Sally, you're talking about Mane, uh, but you haven't mentioned the fact that there was, there's been um, uncertainty around their futures as well. Yeah. Mm. But the problem is we, as broadcasters and, and people who have to cover the game and all this kind of stuff, we look for narratives when there's, when there's been a defeat. Mm. When actually, the, you know, the, 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 the width of, of Thibaut Courtois' bicep totally. aside, yeah. it's one all, yeah. and Liverpool could win an extra time or on penalties or whatever. They get yeah. some confidence from that round and go, shit, yeah, what are we yeah, going to yeah, do yeah. now? And, and the whole thing's different. Yeah, so totally. it's such fine margins. Mm. I just think you have to look at the game and go, Real Madrid, and we look... We've been saying it for weeks on this show. I, I, I always fancied Real Madrid, basically after the Chelsea after the Chelsea one. 
when you have that culture at a club, exactly, it, it pushes and Brussels, you. And Brussels was the same. Yeah. It was. It was. It was. It, I don't think Liverpool fans were in danger of writing Real Madrid off. I obviously understand they want to back their team, and they, why wouldn't you back your team? They're they're one yeah. of the best teams around. But there's just something about Real Madrid. They had that belief, and they've also got an amazing blend of experience mm. and 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 youth and and pace yeah, yeah. and. You know, devastating technical ability. Mm-hmm. You, you take um, Cruz, Casemiro, and Modric I mean, in the midfield. On, it's, well, yeah. Nothing's. Look, yeah. I, I think. I think that yeah. um, a combination of Thiago, Fabinho, Henderson, and Cato, whoever it may be, yep. in that Liverpool midfield have been brilliant all season. Yeah. But you're not really going to get anything past Modric, Casemiro, and Cruz. They're not going to. They're not going yeah. to experience anything what, and, in that final and go. What? Well, I don't know what this is. Yeah. I've never experienced this. Well, before. And the times they have been down against Chelsea and against uh, Manchester City. They've pulled it out the bag in, mm. in, in, in ways that will be talked about probably forever because they've gone and won the trophy. But also, Real Madrid won the league. It seems like a while ago now. Yeah. So they've, man- they've had a bit of a rest, if you see what I mean. They've, been man- they've enjoyed that. And Liverpool, and let, let's, let, let's be fair to Liverpool, they've had a great season. Mm. It's not been phenomenal because you've got the quadruple dangled in front of you. Yeah. They've had a very, very good season. I, I know people slag them off. I'm glad they had the open top bus parade and all. Because, yeah, absolutely. Because, the, the, of course, football's about having a good time. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and they've had a bloody good time because they've won two trophies. And, and to give that team their support is, is the right thing to do because with two games left of the season, one, of the Premier, one in the Premier League and one in the Champions League, the quadruple was still on. That is a phenomenal... Well, I, I just said it wasn't a phenomenal... Yeah. That's a very, very good season. Let's, let's it's the get my superlative come, right. To be in, in England, that late in, is, in men's yeah, football in, in England. It's yeah. impressive. really, really is. And, they, so. and they've just missed out on, on... Yeah, the two biggest ones. Okay. But when all said and done, that's a very, very, very good season from Liverpool. And, they, and, and but, but, but of course, it ends on a bit of a, uh, a disappointment, which is, which is understandable. But again, in context, the canniness of the players you've just mentioned there, look, the way they played, the way they ground it out, Carlo Ancelotti's in charge. It's a final where Carlo Ancelotti's managing Real Madrid. Don't be that surprised that you lost. Do you yeah. know what I mean? When, yeah. when you, in hindsight. In, yeah. in, in hindsight, indeed. You know, plucky Real Madrid. Eh? Yeah. Underdogs <laughs> until the whistle blows. But, but Liverpool, yeah, they will be gutted. But uh, Klopp did say, well, I tell you what, book the hotel for Istanbul next year because we're going to get back. See, yeah. I love that. And, and he's, he's put, consistently been like that has, with, with, you know, disappointments with Liverpool. Yeah. Isn't he? He's always essentially immediately re-energised them. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, you look... We're talking about the culture at Real Madrid, which is essentially what makes them so confident in these games and how, regardless of the personnel, mm. you, you you look at the name with Real Madrid and yes. they come through and you go, well, of course they did. It's Real Madrid. Yeah. That is what Klopp has brought back to Liverpool. Mm. That wasn't there for a long, long time. Yeah, and that- now... Now you know they're 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 regularly in these situations because they've brought that cult, culture essentially up to date. Yeah, and also as well, Spanish teams in European finals, unless they're playing each other, Ridiculous. you don't have a Spanish Ridiculous. side that is a runner-up in the I think the twenty-first century or something like that. Mm. They've phenomenal record. The real loser, arguably, on the night was um, Camila Cabello, though. Yeah, yes, which is a great shame. Yeah. Performed before the game, of course, wasn't happy with the crowd. And the tweet which she which she then deleted, she said, "Playing back our performance, and I can't believe people were singing their team's anthem so loud during our performance." Like my team and I worked tirelessly for so long to bring right vibes and a give a good show. Yeah, I, not her fault. Yes, it's yeah. not her fault. It's um, UEFA's fault. It's probably not the worst thing UEFA did that evening. Um, no. it's, the, it's their fault for not booking Childish Gambino. Exactly. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Ch- Gambino knows how to handle these kind of uh, mm-hmm. events. Well, you know? Gambino's got to be given a go. Yeah, yeah but again, I mean, Gambino he, he cut his teeth doing lower league at finals, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> He's come up through he's the He's doing right some of the yeah, uh, this weekend. You know, See, I'm not sure. I think Gambino needs to be given the Europa Conference League. What you need, and we're talking about experience. What, with promotion Cruz. and relegation of, exactly. uh, of artists. You're yeah. talking about Cruz and Modric and Ancelotti in experience. Who's the main man who's going to win them all over? Hmm. Pitbull. <laughs> 
<laughs> but you, you talk about you talk about you talk about the the, the, the you know, UEFA you know. You yeah. mentioned UEFA there. I know we're going to come on to talk to them now about them go. now. Yeah. But it is related. And I'll yeah, tell you why it, it's re- it, the whole thing's related. Yeah. It's because, and it's not Camilla Cabello's fault. I like her. I think she's great. Yeah. It's not her fault. But why is she being booked here? She's mm. being booked here. No, why is anyone being booked to do a performance before a final? <laughs> it's because they, they... They're trying to make it into the Super Bowl, aren't they? I totally it's agree. It's because... It's, well, look, it's because... They are massively prioritising the TV audience yes. over the fans in yeah, the stadium, yeah, yeah. Yeah. right? So, and the whole thing is related. Of yeah. course, it is yeah, because yeah. fans aren't treated with anything like the respect they should be, mm. and they're shat all over by UEFA. Mm. And this is just, a, 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 admittedly, a more benign mm. reflection of it, but yeah. a reflection of it nonetheless. Yeah, but you know, I'd say fair play to her. You know, she's not going to turn it down. It's a big stage. She did. She played her part. She, she, of course, it's up. If she wants to go and do it, great. If she, she's going to get paid well for doing so, and it's mm. a gig, and you know, she's obviously fairly based on that tweet, which is obviously, as you've said, now been deleted. Quite a naive thing to say, but she probably wasn't briefed properly because yeah, you wait for a fucking shambles. All I'm saying is, Camilla, get yourself down Craven Cottage next season for a Premier League game. But you can perform; it'd be a lovely old time. Yeah, you, I think that she would be treated with respect at Fulham. I would have thought so. Yeah, I would have thought. So. Believe that, would they? Yeah. <laughs> Um, gentlemen, we are going to have to talk about uh, the game being delayed and all the, the, the chaos um, that uh, happened, of, of course, outside the stadium. I mean, it's just it's it's a yet another UEFA final mm. that's um, that's that's had a lot of controversy. And we, we hear now as the, the reports are coming in and what we heard yesterday and so on, the blame game is being played, which uh, is, is pretty piss poor, especially when it's being labelled at Liverpool fans. Because as far as we can see from from, from Twitter, from, from reports and so on and so forth, it seems they were um, given a very, very, very uh, hard time from the from the French police. We saw that, uh, you know, they were bottlenecked into us. It was Sky Sports News was saying, you know, there was 20,000 Liverpool fans were kind of bottlenecked into a certain bit. It, it's 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 worrying. I mean, it's mm. it's incredible that all that kind of managed to 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 happen without a serious disaster. But it's 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 piss poor in the highest possible degree. And I mean, Liverpool have said the treatment they received from stewards and the police was an absolute disgrace. And, and it's certainly there was videos that we've all seen and so yeah. on, which, which, which seem to really to really kind of uh, refute the official stories that we're hearing. Absolutely. As well. There's been a lot of different contrasting reports coming up. But it looks like what's happened is that Liverpool fans have been funneled into a tight area, mm. pepper sprayed, and then blamed for it. Yeah. And, and this idea of fake tickets is also a thing that's been blamed. But then Andy Robertson said he gave an official ticket to his friend, of course, because he's got access to a few. Yeah. And, that, and that was called, oh, it's a fake ticket, you can't get in. Well, what the, whole, the hell's going on? The whole thing boils down to a, a complete lack of control and leadership at the very top and mm-hmm. the UEFA's responsibility. Yeah. And you know that's the case because um, you can see several reports from you know esteemed and very trustworthy journalists, some of which you know we know personally, I've, I've spoken to, uh, and I know plenty of fans who are at the, at the at the ground as well, and the story is the same. Their stories are completely consistent. Mm. UEFA's story aren't consistent. No. UEFA's mm. the, the the amount of different uh, messaging being released before the game as to why the game was delayed mm. were completely contradictory because they had no idea what was going on. Yeah. And if they can't take control of the situation, if they can't understand that, you know, for example there's a re- some kind of rail strike in central Paris, which mm-hmm. means it's going to be difficult for fans to travel. Um, they don't anticipate or learn anything from the situation that happened at Wembley last year, which of course, you know, what happened at Wembley last year where, where certain groups of small minority groups of fans force their way in without tickets. Mm. That's that's on them, right? That's yeah. their responsibility yeah, yeah, yeah. for not behaving that way. Yeah. But you wait for have a responsibility to, to learn from that and go, yeah. look, 
if that's going to happen there, it may happen yeah. here. We need to prepare for this. And the amount of stories I heard of personally, directly from fans who had said, look, we got her at six. Yeah. We, we, yeah. Were, we were outside the stadium yeah. at six and yeah. we still didn't get in. They said two or three hours Liverpool fans yeah. were stood around. There's a, there's a paranoia with, with English football fans, I, I think. No, I understand. It's absolutely there. I, I understand, there I understand sure. the yeah. reputation. You don't want to be jingoistic about this, but there, but there definitely is. That treatment of those Liverpool fans was, was an absolute disgrace. And to be honest with you, I'm amazed that as far as I could see, and, and as you say with the stories, the Liverpool fans actually... Didn't were as react. restrained as they were. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. They, they, they showed a lot of dignity in, 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 with that regard. But, you know, the, the, the chats about the, the, the Euros final at Wembley, of course, we, we remember that. Europa League in Sevilla, you know, Rangers. That was really uh, mishandled as well. They, really they, they were complaining about that. You know, th this idea that this sort of outer ring that we often hear, don't we? This sort of, um, you know, the, the, to, to protect the stadium. It's quite different. The Stade de France, as I've not been, but as I see it, it's quite in, in a, quite a built up area. Same as Wembley Stadium. You get off the tube and, and you've got that long. Lo walk down Olympic Way or Wembley Way and, and there's Wembley it's difficult to set up that kind of perimeter Where Jim and I we went to the final in Rome in 2009 when, mm -hmm. when Barcelona beat Manchester United 2-0 they could do that there there's a bit more space and actually what, what, what they want to do is you, you have that outer ring So because we, we were told get, to the, get there quite early because there will be a few checkpoints to go through with the tickets but what that ensures is it's actually quite calm going into yeah. the stadium. You have that room, you have that space. So you go through and there's there's there's, there's actually quite a long walk, should I say, uh, to the stadium, which is which is pretty calm and it was all handled pretty well. But unfortunately, stadiums like Stade de France and Wembley don't have that. Yet, we've seen many finals at Wembley before. We've seen Champions League finals previously and, and, and whatnot. We've seen this at Stade de France as well. These recent uh, uh, finals, UEFA have really got to look at this. I think it feels like UEFA's protocols are only fit for events that go off without any sort of hitch whatsoever. Yes. And clearly, if we've got three three finals in a row where there have been issues, they need to completely rewrite them. I think they they just need to be better, clearly, across the board. There's consistent problems here. So whatever they have in place isn't working. Something Something's different now, clearly. There's, there's, there's no communication... Jim, there's clearly no communication between UEFA representatives and local police, for example, no, yes. it, it, on Saturday night's instance. Saturday night, it, it looked to me, and based on the reports I've read and heard that neither of them knew what each other were doing. Mm. So that's obviously a problem. Your point about the cordon is really a really important one. I think there are official guidelines in place, which is something they should be 900 metres away from the stadium yeah. for the first check, which mm -hmm. ensures there's no bottleneck. But ultimately, what it comes down to is this. It's a two-pronged point. <clears throat> one is that UEFA almost certainly don't want to pay mm. to have proper... Um, security and proper protocols in place. And secondly, they've got the easiest get out in the world, particularly when there's an English club mm, involved, because they'll yeah. just blame the fans. Yeah, absolutely. They can blame fans' behaviour for mm. absolutely everything, and yeah. it's like the ultimate get out. Yep. And yeah. all you need to do to, to <clears throat> quote, prove it, is find a video mm -hmm. where certain fans are misbehaving mm -hmm. and say, look what's happened. Yeah. But we all know, because we've all seen the videos of French police behaving the way they're behaving. Mm -hmm. Real Madrid fans jumping fences, mm -hmm. as well as Liverpool fans jumping fences. Those fans who are doing that yeah. are, of course, young fans who can do that because they're saying, look, I think we need to get out of this situation. Mm. Never mind the older people who've got no option to do that because they can't physically climb a fence. And thirdly, you've got local French um, people um, jumping over fences as well without tickets. So the whole thing is not being organised properly. And to mm -hmm. blame one particular bunch of fans... Mm -hmm is wrong, not only because of that, but also because if you take the time to go onto Twitter and look at a lot of Spanish-language Real Madrid fan accounts, mm -hmm. they're all saying a similar thing. Yeah. They're saying, actually, this is the most shambolic organised uh, mm -hmm. thing I've seen. Mm -hmm. I saw a particular Real Madrid fan, I'm not sure if he was affiliated with the supporters club, but he said he had been to every Real Madrid Champions League final, I think since 2003, mm -hmm. and it was the worst he'd seen. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's 
you know, yeah. it really is. Ultimately, the well, buck stops with them, you know? Your wife have said that uh, the, the late arrival of fans was to blame. I think someone from the French government said that there was no problem with Real Madrid fans. This, this is yeah, clearly it's, it's bollocks, yeah. cl- clear nonsense, mm. misinformation being put out there. I mean, Liverpool actually brought... Merseyside matchday police with them who have completely mm. rejected all those views as well. It's, yeah. it's astonishing that we're seeing this. So yeah. 2002, not 2003. Uh, yeah, Real Madrid sure. weren't in the final 2003, I understand. Because uh, yeah. uh, that, that's what listeners will focus on uh, yeah. if I, yes. after yeah, indeed, everything yeah, I've yeah. said. But, it is, but it, is, it is a great shame that, uh, as I say, people are hurling this stuff at Liverpool fans. And, and, but we should be thankful there weren't a lot of serious injuries and, and, and sadly to say, you know, people dying because indeed. it has happened before, as we know. Absolutely right. But uh, but uh, yeah, but, but again, I just wanted to say that... that it was good to see Liverpool having that bus parade through their city, getting the appreciation from from their fans. And, and over what has been a remarkable season. It's been yeah. a, it's been a great season as well. Calvin Harris was a surprise guest on the bus. Yeah, when I first read this, I thought <laughs> I don't know why because I'm old probably. I thought it went, you went Calvin Phillips. And I was like, that's a bit of a rogue move. Yeah. <laughs> He's still well, a what player. an unveiling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, do I get a medal? Aren't I? Yeah, oh, yeah. dear me. Of course, Jose Mourinho was seen driving uh, Roma's bus before their parade. Great stuff. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Great stuff. Yeah. It's what you want. Driving the bus. Weirdly. Not parking it. Weirdly. As many people uh, yeah. uh, made the uh, comment. It, He's getting a bit more relaxed, isn't he? I'd love to... In a very weird way. He's having a lovely... I'd love it if he obviously did park the bus. That'd be brilliant (laughs) if he just parked it. Yeah. Gave gave the eyebrow. Yeah, Yeah, there we are. All right, everybody. Let's have a quick break. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble.
you better get your finger out all right and make sure that you get the fucking results. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. It's now time for emails. Press the button. Tickle your ivories. Foot, football Ramble is a pretty good place to start. Foot, football Ramble. But it just sounds a bit gimmicky. But I think it's exciting. Ramble. Definitely. Football Ramble. You'll never confused um, testicles with balls. Very rarely does it all go completely silent because no one knows what to say. <laughs> Where is this rank? Is it above or below punching of the, the punching of the horse? They thought to themselves, Paul. Well, old fizzler knows his onions. Personally, I think it's a bit of a silly one. You got helium. Well done. Football ramble. <laughs> the home of Willie Wavett. You got helium. Tune in this time next week to hear it again. Don't play it again. He's still there, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> when it says you got Ema, it sounds like Donald Trump. A little bit. I don't yeah. know if it is him, but... No, it's fake Jim. news. Fake news. Yeah. Jim, more fake news. Sounded yes. more like Donald Trump than that did. <laughs> <laughs> We're so proud. James has been in touch. Uh, he says, I've always felt animosity towards Gary Neville, oh. but never had a reason to explain <laughs> this feeling. However, this weekend I went to a city centre pub in Manchester to watch the Champions League final and Gary Neville happened to be in attendance. Oh. To my and everyone else's annoyance, the pub landlord refused to put the commentary for the game on as Gary Neville had asked them to leave the Manchester Classics playlist on through the game. <laughs> Despite queues of people at the bar asking for the commentary, it was never provided thanks to Gary's request. Maybe his professional rivalry with BT Sport led to this decision, but whatever the reason, the atmosphere around the game was ruined by Gary Neville, enemy of football. Mm. Now, this has the air of kind of, you know, did it happen? Mistruth around it, but we have looked at some of Gary's um, Gary's videos from the weekend, and James uh, sit down by James is playing in the background. So yeah, and then we, they are famously a Manchester band. Exactly, as well. we've wag- Wagatha Christie did, <laughs> and there's evidence to suggest <laughs> one this, this may be the, oh, yeah. the case. Yeah, I like that. We we'll, we will do research for that. Yeah, we yeah. won't do research for anything else. But no. We will do research for that. Absolutely, I, we know um, who we are. I think really, <laughs> I think really, home of Willie waving. James James is. <laughs> Email the James there. He's got to be careful what he wishes for because yeah. if they had um, acquiesced to everyone's request and oh. Gary Neville there had, had agreed and they put the commentary on, they would have had to listen to Steve McManaman. They would have. And, and, and he saved them from that. Exactly. So be careful what you wish for, I would say. Would you rather have Gary Neville playing Manchester Classics in a pub or listen to Steve McManaman? It would be Steve McManaman for me, but right. it's, it's a close one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. It's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Isn't it, Fletch? It's just, there's no, no. There's nothing in that. It's fine. Get over the game. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, did you see that? <laughs> so everything's amazing or fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that. Um, no, no, not for me. That's fine. <laughs> I thought maybe that this was in hotel football. Oh, could have been. But he does say city centre pub. Yeah, could have been. Maybe so, there's a pub attached to it. Yeah. yeah but it's, it's not really, it's right by Old Trafford, so not really in the city centre. Okay, fine. Good yeah. to know. It's great to have some local knowledge as well. I'm, yeah. I've been there. Yeah, this, I think there's a reason James sent this email to us, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gary, we should, we should say Gary, Gary Neville should have the right to reply, so if uh-huh. he wants to uh, yeah. pipe up about it, he can do. Mm, yeah. But does Gary Neville respect the football round? I, I don't think Gary would. I, would, I don't think Gary would have done it because he because of some kind of BT Sport rivalry. No. I would just thought he, he's just a bloke who's used to having his own way. Maybe. Yeah. I, I, just, I also think he would probably do it because it's really funny. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. There's maybe a bit of that mm. as well. Bit of that as well. Fizzer wouldn't do that. <clears throat> he wouldn't know how to use the could elevate his voice loud enough. <laughs> no. to be heard in a busy pub. I can't hear you over the can commentary. You, can you, can you put the commentary? <laughs> Uh, the mid-table now, though. Uh, get in what, touch with us. They are, yeah. Yeah, okay. Flying off the bottom. Uh, get in touch, everybody. Show at footballramble.com for all that kind of crap. Or tweet us at footballramble. Right, we go straight 
to the championship playoff final. Nottingham Forest are up. They've done it. Go on, Forest. Frankie Clark. Come Go on, Forest. Frankie Clark. <laughs> he was there. Frankie Clark was, was there. there. He was there. Looking very dignified and very uh, quietly happy. Quietly. Old, yeah, very yeah. old school. He, he, yeah, very old school. Happy. His late 70s now, Frank. Of course. He Great was. to see him there after his, his, um, his experience at Forest as well. What a man. Um, they're back in the Premier League for the first time since 1999. Their last go at the playoffs, I think, was about 10 years ago. 10 or 11 years ago. They have never played at the New Wembley, had they? Yeah. yeah. They're, it's, it, it, remarkable, really, considering their, their history. And when you, we talk about uh, uh, clubs who have gone long periods without sort of winning trophies or this, that, and the other. Forest are the epitome of that. Of course, they've uh, they, they've got an incredible history, won trophies, and in the eighties, you know, they were they were doing well. In the nineties, they were an established Premier League side, but we haven't seen them since in the top flight, and and it looked so unlikely this season mm. because they lost six out of seven. They were bottom when Steve Cooper took over in September, and now look at them, Jim Campbell. They'll be dining at the top table with the likes of Arsenal next season. Yeah, absolutely, and they'll probably beat us as well. Like, <laughs> somehow, oh. still beat us regularly. They'll definitely beat us. <laughs> oh, listen, mate, I really want to play to if I can break this deal. They are beating Arsenal next season fucking 100%. Can you imagine Arsenal at the City ground? Oh, big time. They'll beat him at the I don't have to imagine it. I can remember it. (laughs) It happened this year. Picture this will come out. First day of the season. It'll be Friday night game. Mm. It'll be Arsenal at Forest. Forest 2-0. Yeah. Exactly the same as what happened at Brentford last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Anyway, Jim, do you enjoy? Fuck off, Forest. Frankie Clark. Sharon I'm sick there. of them already now. Actually, Sharon, thinking Sharon about it. Success, Jim. After that, <laughs> yeah. Oh, the... No, it was it was a, a, a weird game, though, wasn't it? I think obviously Huddersfield can feel very, very hard done by with the way things played out. It's the worst way to lose a playoff, an own goal in a in a in a frustrating situation. And those penalty shouts. So, um, was it a penalty or not? Is my least favourite thing to talk about in football. It's well, so boring. In, but, about five but, minutes. But, exactly. <laughs> but, but like, the, the, really strong shouts for both of those. I think. I thought they were both. Penalties. It's as simple as that. Well, I, I, I don't understand at all why A, the first one isn't overturned and um, B, the second one isn't even looked at. To me, it's I think Huddersfield Town can feel very, very hard done by. I can't believe the second one's not looked at. The first one, people say it was a dive because he's there was minimal contact. But the fact is, if he doesn't pull his leg out of the way, there's contact. And it's it's one of those ones where you think, well, should you leave your leg in there and you know, yeah. get a bit of a thump or whatever. I mean, it didn't look that bad a challenge. Do, do you know what annoys me about the first one, Marcus? Sorry to cut in, but the thing that annoys me about it is John Moss mm. goes, approaches that situation with, with such, well, don't let the door fucking hit you on the way out, John Moss. <laughs> he, he, he approaches that situation with such certainty yeah. that he actually, it's his arrogance that stops Huddersfield Town getting anything out of it. Because mm. he wasn't sure mm. he could say, carry on, let's carry on playing. The yeah. VAR are going to look at it and we'll mm. take a look. If he doesn't make a decision, yeah. it makes it far easier to award the penalty because nothing needs to be overturned. Yeah. Because he stops the play, gives a yellow card for diving, which was preposterous, and um, well, but, yeah, it, it you, makes it far harder for it to be a clear and obvious error and it be overturned. The only two people in that stadium and watching at home who didn't think that was a penalty mm-hmm. are John Moss and Paul Tierney, who was on the VAR. I and in a game of that magnitude, it is completely unacceptable. You say that though, but I got a WhatsApp groups. People thought they were saying, "Ah, oh, that's a dive, right yellow card." Jack Holback knew it was a foul. Yes, he Jack did. Holback's reaction suggests that mm. for a hundred percent of the time, yeah. he thought it was a foul. Okay. He he looked him. He even did the crossing himself thing <laughs> because he was so relieved that he hadn't cost his team a penalty in a playoff final. Yeah, right. And Paul Tierney's looked at that about four or five times. 
you cannot tell me that's not a penalty. It's, mm. it's a the second one's a definite penalty. Second one, yeah. And the second one it's not given because the referee doesn't understand how players actually play the game. Doesn't understand how defenders defend. Yeah. It's great movement from the striker, which leaves the defender the wrong side, which means he has to go through the player mm. to try and win the ball because he's on the wrong side. John Moss doesn't understand that. It's a clear penalty as well. Uh, for me, I don't want to take anything away from Forest. I'm pleased they went up. I said I've said it in, in the week leading up to the game. I'd like to see them do it, and I'm pleased for them. Yeah. I'm pleased for all my friends who support Forest, of which I know quite a few. Yeah. But that was shambolic that referee in this uh, performance. And as far as I'm concerned, if that's what we could have looked forward to next season from John Moss. Then he's better off retired. <laughs> well, I, I think get I him another feel, cake. Yeah, and, and, and I don't. I, know, I think, I, no, but I think I, Huddersfield Town fans will be pleased to hear you say that because. A lot of the neutrals wanted Forrest because they're, I, I, I suppose, a, a... There's a romance about Forrest. There's a romance about Forrest. But then with Huddersfield, with what they've been through and, and, and what, uh, what, what, what's happened with them this season and the, the, you know, the shoestring budget and so on and so forth, I think people have forgotten a little bit about that. Although you know, you've, been very, you've been very vocal about them, Luke. On, Second favourites to be relegated, Marcus, this yeah, season. Yeah, well, there you are. They've done amazing well. They've never been defensively very good. They've been great from set pieces. And, and the way Corbran is, he's, he, I mean, there's a, people have said, you know, he's influenced by Bielsa, the way he is such a, 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 a sort of a, a scholar and student of the game, if you like, if you can be both of those things. You know, the, 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 the way he's come in, and and what he's done uh, with the club, you know, the, just every detail is 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 there one on one. I think they'll be the good next season as well. well. Well, this is it. So so hopefully for for Huddersfield's sake, that we know with Bielsa, it took a little bit longer at Leeds um, than than we thought. But hopefully with those kind of methods, players won't get a bit exhausted and a bit. Uh, fed but I, up I, I, don't, I don't think, I, but I don't think they play like exactly like that. No, but, uh, but and, the and style that, of management is quite intense. You know, there's, there's it is meticulous got, with the detail. But they've got a lot of the tools you need in that division to to do well. They've got a brilliant goalkeeper. They're good mm. from set pieces. He's turned them around defensively brilliantly. They're, they're so difficult to beat. Well, they the they were leaking goals before, and and, and exactly. he's tightened them up but, so but well. I want to come. I want to come back to that because what what people will, I mean, Forest fans who maybe think we've been a bit unfair on them, which we don't mean to be, will say, well, Huddersfield Town didn't have a shot on target, right? So. How can you expect to win? Mm. Well, they didn't have a shot on target because twice they were impinged in the penalty area. <laughs> mm. The referee didn't give them the chance mm. to have a shot on target yeah, yeah, yeah. because they were impinged by Nottingham Forest defenders and mm. it wasn't awarded. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's really important, having said what I've said about John Moss and about refereeing in general, there's a kind of permeating atmosphere now that actually you shouldn't really criticise referees because it's a hard job, right? It's a hard job to be a footballer as well. Yep. And they're working really hard all week, every week to, to, to be the best they can be to get themselves these opportunities. And when they're being denied by someone who isn't very good at his job, yeah. it doesn't mean they shouldn't be criticised. I don't think you should criticise referees personally. And of course, some of the criticisms way over the top and it affects people's personal lives. And clearly, I'm not endorsing any of that. But I don't think with that performance, he's fit to manage that, to referee that game. And that has cost Huddersfield arguably a chance to play in the Premier League, and I don't think that's right. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, well, well, well said. Um, Jim might listen because he doesn't like talking about refs. Well, no, but it's boring. As, but, it's fair enough. But but I think it has to be said. But Jim rightly said though that, that Huddersfield have lost that in the worst way. You've got two, for some people, very much yourself and a lot of others, two stonewall penalties there, and of course the own goal from from Colwell, who's been a, a really good player for them. It was a, it was a great. That's team. an unfortunate situation. A very yeah, unfortunate yeah. situation. But Forest themselves though. It's just wonderful for them. It's been so long. I mean, that banner in the forest end, far we have travelled, much we have seen, kind of yeah. sums it up. You know, they're back and and they've they've had a long time in the second tier of, of English football. In fact, they've even gone down further than that, of course. But it's been a long, long time and they feel they will have still felt 
you know, in the back of their minds, like Leeds United, like Manchester City, when they went down all uh, all the way down, mm. that, that's where we belong at the, at the, at the top tier. And, and they've done it. Um, it was interesting, Captain Joe Worrell's post-match uh, interview. <laughs> As you say, it was, it was mad. Yeah, I can't say we've been good in other seasons because we've been shite, is yeah. what he said, which is quite honest. He also used a confusing analogy about the club and the players being a dog. Yeah. yeah. He said, if you treat any dog with kindness, you become a nice dog. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds... Scary that, isn't it? It's the kind of thing yeah. that Marcus will put in the running order, which you know has been translated from Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> but you let him get away with it anyway. This was in English. I Absolutely, saw it in my yeah. eyes. I heard it. Absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, but it, but the scenes of celebration were uh, uh, incredible. And you saw what it meant because you know we know people are, uh, ourselves who are Forest fans. And suddenly everyone was like, get me a ticket for that game. Yeah. Yeah. The whole of the town came out to support them. It was it was absolutely phenomenal, There's the support they had. And they managed to do it. And of course... As you say, in the manner of the win, Forest fans won't give two hoots about that. And 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 whoever went and up, why it should would have they? Been, yeah, yeah. And whoever went up, it would have been in, in a great story. Uh, uh, Jed Spence tweeted, uh, "Oh, where are my manners? Welcome to Twitter, Neil Warnock." While he uh, had the playoff trophy and a big cigar on in the That's dressing the big room. Story. <laughs> yes, uh, of course. Warnock uh, sent him on loan to Forest when he was in charge of Middlesbrough. Warnock did reply saying, "Well done, Jed. I did say you were Premier League or non-league. Glad you listened and took my advice on board. Now go and enjoy your success." Yeah. Neil Warnock's well, well, really taken to Twitter. Was his, was his advice go and play for a good manager? <laughs> <laughs> go get promoted. It's, it's a nice thing to say if it's done in the right spirit, which I'm sure it is, and he doesn't yeah. seem like a bad guy these days. But I mean, it's basically it's a bit of a self own. Yeah. Well, I couldn't get a tune out of you, but a, a, what, great Steve Cooper can. Yeah, yeah, but I think you know yeah, he's he's self aware, isn't he? Yeah, I, just, I think it's an interesting one with Spence, isn't he? He's been linked linked with all kinds of teams, and I, it'd be brilliant if if Forrest can get him permanently. I, I think it, it might be difficult because he's he's so highly rated and for good mm. reason, but mm. he'd be a massive asset to them. Yeah, no, he he, he would be. Yeah, or uh, remain a massive asset. Well, to what them. about uh, Zinkenagel? Oh, Philip Zinkenagel. He he got promoted with Watford last season and then was sent on loan to Forest. And there's no buyout clause, so he could be playing in the championship again with Watford this season. Or oh, next season, sorry. That would be uh that would be a sick frustrating, <laughs> wouldn't it? Very frustrating indeed, yeah. But we we're looking forward to seeing Forrest in, in the of course, Premier League. And we and, 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 and looking forward to seeing what Steve Cooper can do. I, th- yes. I think it's an amazing story for Cooper because we, we talked about this before. We don't quite know what his ceiling is yet. He mm. seems like a pretty impressive guy. I mean, aside from Joe Worrell's kind of quite surrealist approach to the post-match interview he did obviously say a lot of interesting stuff about Cooper about how good yeah. he was and how his attention to detail is so good and he's had amazing success as a manager even though he's not managed for that long mm-hmm. which has been punctuated by these kind of disappointments in the playoffs which he's now kind of got over yeah. so it wouldn't be a huge surprise would it to see um, to see him really flourish in the Premier League with Forrest and then you know dare we say it you know in, in, in many many years to come go on to bigger and be- even better things they feel well placed to have a proper crack at staying there yeah, mm. I find Steve Steve Cooper's a kind of interesting character because when you hear him speak, he just seems like quite an everyman. Yeah, he's not he's not like someone where you're like, wow, he's a complete inspirational yeah, kind of charismatic guy. He's not that guy. expressive, even really. He, is he? seems a bit a bit like the grey man, you know. But yeah. it, people seem to obviously his methods seem to work. Yeah, who? who yeah, I mean, another successful Welshman, of course, on mm. the weekend because Gareth Bale got his fifth Champions League yes. medal. Do you think Steve Cooper Cooper worked harder for his? I think I think Steve Cooper arguably has contributed more to Real Madrid this season. <laughs> well, seven minutes was it? <laughs> when a butterfly flaps its wings in Nottingham, <laughs> does it affect a Real Madrid result in Madrid? You never know, you know. And, and I do think with Bale, I'm not going to take anything away from him because he had an amazing career. Yeah. But I do think there's something to be said about the fact that if you are going to spend a reasonable amount of your time mm. publicly demonstrating against Real Madrid with that with that flag and yeah, all the rest yeah. of it, and essentially just disrespect them. Mm. 
Should you really get a chance to enjoy in their success when it comes along? Mm. I, I wonder whether you should, actually. Mm. And, and that's not to take anything away from what he's done in the past at Real Madrid, because obviously he's made a big contribution. Uh, I, I thought that was a bit rich from him. Yeah, it's a shame because one of the greatest British players of all time. Some could argue he is the best, but yeah, anyway. I wouldn't argue that, but no, I would argue fine. he's certainly but, we're, but, uh, but, he's, but he's up there. Um, but anyway, back to the playoffs, of course. Uh, so well, well done, Forrest. We look forward to seeing them uh, and Fulham, of course. Yes, and yeah. Bournemouth. Who Scotty could Parker. who could forget Fulham, Jim? We can't. Not in this room. No, you can't. Can Mark, you? Mark not literally to. won't let us. Yeah, I'd much more of a likely Arsenal win in that oh, game. Fulham will roll over for Arsenal, no problem. <laughs> Play some lovely stuff. Yeah, it'd be like a more of a, an homage to Arsenal, wouldn't it? Yeah, here's exactly. an homage to the great Arsenal sides. Oh. Uh, Fulham nil, Arsenal three. Mitch can can we have a lone player? <laughs> P.S. Can we have a loan player? <laughs> uh, elsewhere in uh, in the Football League playoffs, uh, Mansfield lost 3-0 to Port Vale. Mm. Does Robbie Williams still bang on about Port Vale? I believe so. I believe he's playing a concert at Port Vale. Oh, he is? Yeah, coming up soon, because one of my friends is a cameraman for the gig. There they are. So there we go. And a fan, maybe. Mm. But, but yes, Port Vale, we were talking about them. First trip back to Wembley since the 1996 Anglo-Italian Cup final. Mm. Of course, um, and they were playing in uh, the, the League Two player final. Yeah, Mansfield did have a tough start when they conceded to another man sent off inside 35 minutes, and it's <laughs> such a sick now yeah. for those yeah. fans when that happens. You just think, oh bollocks, you know, yeah. like what? A... They, they had chances as well, Mansfield. They were they yeah. were they were teams clear off the line and big big chances and all sorts, but it didn't quite work for them. Yeah, indeed, yeah. But incredible for Daryl Clark, the uh, Port Vale manager. He spent six weeks away from the club following a family bereavement in February. So um, amazing for him to to be able to come back in and. and uh, and, and, and take them up. What did you think of Patrick Shanahan, um, the son of Port Vale's owner, Carol, who had the players sh- shave off all his hair in the dressing room after the game? Now, if you don't know him, he's got very long... It's down to his... his down his whole back, essentially. He hasn't now. Yeah, yeah. But, well, he had very, very long hair. It was quite weird, and they shaved it off, and then he's kind of waving his hair around in the dressing room. It was, it was an odd situation. I mean, I mean, before I get on to that, on, on the Daryl Clark thing, I mean, what he's been through is absolutely mm. awful. You know, he, he lost his daughter, as you said, um, in February. And, and, you know, you'd have to have a very hard heart indeed mm. to mm. begrudge any success he's had since then, which, of course, you know, will pale into insignificance after what he's been through. But nonetheless, he's a, he's a great a great feather in his cap. Um, so you have to be, you have to, your kind of heart goes out to him. On the Patrick Shanahan thing, mm. it was kind of odd because it looked like a man who really just wanted to be a part of things. And like, yeah. how can I, how can I make my contribution here? Yep. Oh, the players will shave all my hair off in the dressing room. But if you watch the video, it's quite painful because after like 30 seconds, all the players have forgotten about it. Yeah. They're moving on to the next thing. Hair all over the floor. He's lost He's his hair. Swinging yeah. his hair around. How long has it taken to grow that hair, would you say? Uh, years. Absolutely yeah. years. Gone in 30 length. seconds. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, well, they're up at least. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure it'll grow me. back. Uh, Wrexham are not going to be going up at all, well, are they? Because they were beaten in a mad playoff semi-final in the National League. Uh, they lost 5-4 to Grimsby Town. Incredible. It really was. Like, it, it, it was five goals in 17 minutes in the second half. There was, there was, I think there were, if you count the ha- obvious handball, which was kind of disguised as a header, which I think I am going to count for the yeah, purpose yeah, of this show, do, yeah. I think there were seven headers in this game. <laughs> Amazing. Seven-headed goals in one game. <laughs> yeah. It's got to be a record. So, obviously, Luke Waterfall used to play for Wrexham as well. Mm-hmm. Gets involved with a couple of goals. Yeah, well, he got the winner in the 119th minute. And it was great to see um, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney basically kicking every single yeah. ball. yeah. Uh, the penalty, by the way, uh, the opening goal, I think it was a penalty, and it was an absolute rocket off the crossbar. Julian Dix-esque. Yeah, it was. And then, um, and, and it's kind of, I know that um, Reynolds and McElhenney have really thrown themselves into this whole Wrexham thing, but they wouldn't be the most experienced football fans. Mm. And I love the idea of them just 
watching this game, goes, is this what football's normally like? No. no. <laughs> well, the, well, the disappointment, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The actual seven-headed yeah. goals in one game, no, not, not normally. Really. By the way, talking to Luke Waterfall, a listener emailed in suggesting that Waterfall had the worst ever game in a Grimsby Oh, yeah, we, saw, we, we had back, that on the show, yeah. Which you spoke about. And yeah. now he's, you know, he's two goals there. A couple of weeks is a long time. In Eat a, in your football. words, you fool. <sighs> um, actually, to be fair, he still might well has had the worst game, so it's fair comment it doesn't maybe. negate it does it no it doesn't negate no. it you're absolutely right so I'll eat my own words mm. I'm the fool but according to BT Sport the big one is um, is happening um, on Sunday well yeah absolutely they'll play Solihull Moors in the in the final after they beat Chesterfield on Sunday uh, in the final which of course is the weekend's main event the warm up <laughs> was the Champions League final mm. what do you think of that game Sport? Steve Macca it'll be fine it'll be fine, yeah. fine. <laughs> do you feel a bit sorry for, for Ryan Reynolds and Rob McAhenney they knew what they were getting themselves in for, didn't they? Yeah. 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 Reality bites I mean, hard. Joker might, might help them in the long run. They've bought Wrexham. Yeah. I mean, so I don't expect they were, unless they were grossly misled, I don't expect they were thinking Champions League football in the, in the no. next couple of years. But that's all part of it, isn't it? It's all, yeah. part of the, uh, all part of life's rich pageant. Indeed, yeah, yeah. Well, they might, I don't know. Who, who knows what they'll do with, with Wrexham next season? Sporting director. I hear Ralph Rangnick's on, on oh, available. Yeah. Yes, yeah. maybe we'll tell. No, he's not. He's now head coach of Austria, so he's not available. Well, no, but he can do more well, than one yeah, job. He apparently can't. That's why he's not doing it. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, I think <laughs> apparently, he's doing a lot of heavy lifting in that sentence. So, there, yeah, so, someone woke up one morning and they went, "Hang on, we're Man United. Yeah. You're not doing that." <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Wrexham aren't Man United. Yeah, yeah. They might be soon. The true. Um, but uh, anyway, maybe we'll have a bit of uh, Ralph Rangnick chat uh, tomorrow. I certainly hope so. It'll be maybe me and Jim tomorrow. You can mm-hmm. discuss whether it was a Kate. failure or a success. We're talking, uh, we're talking big Ralph in. <laughs> like, what are we going to do for the other 50 minutes? <laughs> because I tell you, my take on that isn't extensive for once. Oh, uh, but but listen, listen, well done. Come on. Um, for a great weekend of football. Yes. Well done to Jake Humphrey. Well done to Steve Macker. Well done to Darren mm-hmm. Fletcher. For, uh-huh. for, and Des Kelly. Because yeah. when Des interviews Carlo Ancelotti after the game, yes. he, I, what I respect about him is he makes sure it's a wide shot and he's in it as well. <laughs> you know, it's not about Carlo. No. It's about Des no. and his pearly whites with the microphone getting involved as well. And that, for me, yeah. is the takeaway from the weekend's football. Carlo doesn't have a showreel to keep updated, no, does he? No, no he doesn't. <laughs> he he does have a trophy cabinet yeah, that's yeah. updated. Yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah, I'm always reminded, though, that when you think it's bad, just remember those two in Qatar. Oh, yeah. be worse. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the Acast Creator Network. We'll be back tomorrow, of course, with more scintillating, red-hot football chat. Thank you very much, Luke Moore. I can't guarantee that, but I will be here. <laughs> Thank you, Jim Campbell. You're welcome. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. See you soon. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 